All right. Good morning. Today we have uh, a man that needs no introduction, but who I will introduce anyways. Uh, Mr. Joe Buck, uh, broadcaster on Fox Sports, uh, son of son of Jack Buck, uh, legendary Cardinals and Hall of Fame announcer. Um, and I even took a, a step further and, and looked at your who you're named after, your grandfather, who is uh, an incredible NFL athlete as well. So, um, Joe, welcome in this morning. We appreciate you coming in to, to talk. Yeah, I mean, not only was I named after my grandfather, who I'm very proud, uh, played in the NFL for George Hallis and the Chicago Bears, but he was also a Navy veteran, uh, a World War II veteran. My father was a World War II veteran and somebody who earned a Purple Heart uh, in Germany after being shot. So I, I, uh, there are a lot of tie-ins for me to talk to you today, Brant, and I'm, I, I just want to this is not my podcast. This is your podcast, and I'll talk about anything you want. But uh, let me just say how proud I am of you, of of a young man who's doing things in honor of his late brother that uh, I think would just astound Matt Brewer. And uh, uh, for you to take the initiative to do this and to be able to communicate about your brother the way that you have and you continue to do is just stunning to me. So it's more than I could do uh, at that time in my life. You're a young guy, but uh, I am just absolutely beyond impressed. So whatever you want to talk about, I'm here to talk about it. And uh, since the topic is is Matt Brewer, uh, I'm real excited to talk about anything you want to go with. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's funny you say he would be astounded, but at the same time, you know, knowing Matt, he would be so embarrassed to have all this right. attention, to have some all this attention on him, and um, but you know, to that point, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, you know, it's to to carry on his legacy, to talk about him, and um, really just bring light to, to to mental health awareness and and to support our veterans is 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 quite awesome. And um, Joe, I think you had me up a little too much, but um, you know, we'll go into uh, well, let's see. Um, what people don't know is kind of how you and I know each other and the relationships that that our families have. Um, so Joe, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you kind of touch on, um, I guess that relationship between you and my brother and, um, my brother and your father. Yeah, it was, it was really a unique, special relationship that Matt had with my father, um, and with my mom. Um, it's not just my dad, but with mm -hmm. my mom as well. Um, and, and really, it, it really happened initially right before Matt's father, Tim passed away. Um, my mom was very involved with Central Presbyterian Church in St. Louis and forever. We were uh, dear friends of the Jumper family, and they were the longtime uh, pastor, Andy Jumper, at Central Press. And then when Tim Brewer came along, uh, it was just kind of revolutionary listening to this incredible speaker, mm -hmm. uh, somebody who you could identify with. Uh, I, I used to go and, and just sit as I've already used this enough in this podcast, but I was in awe of watching him speak uh, to a congregation, just a brilliant man and a brilliant speaker. And, and so that he had this beautiful little boy named Matt. And, and I think it was only natural that um, my mom being as, as involved as she was with Central Press, uh, Matt being uh, the son of the pastor there, uh, there, there was always going to be this little, uh, cordial relationship. But when Tim passed away, I, I feel like my dad and my mom kind of made it their calling 
uh, to a certain degree to fill the void for this young boy named Matt. And so here I was in my early 20s, um, just starting out, starting out my career, Cardinal broadcaster. And I saw this, um, this relationship develop. And it, it was great for me to see as, as somebody who was about to be a young father myself, my dad kind of step into that void. And um, my dad would take Matt down to the ballpark. Uh, Matt was kind of his little buddy. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, they had kind of these trips down to Bush Stadium and, and other places. It wasn't just take this kid to work day for my dad. It, it was, it was just a, a part of my mom and dad's life. And uh, I, I'm not sure why, uh, other than they felt like it was the right thing to do. And Matt was such a beautiful little boy. I mean, it, it was like a Norman Rockwell painting. Uh, he was just <laughs> a kid that, that, you know, you, if, if you were drawing up a blonde haired, cute little American boy, that's who you would draw. And so I saw this relationship develop and, and I saw uh, a lot of love going both ways, not just my mom and dad toward Matt, but Matt toward my mom and dad. And uh, he became kind of a de facto part of our family for, for a while there. And uh, boy, I'm, I'm glad he, I'm glad he did. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, obviously I was, um, your dad gave me the nickname Willie B. I'm not sure if you remember that, but, um, he gave me the nickname Willie B. That's about the only thing I remember. Um, but I, I mean, you had to be young. How I, I was, I mean, I was, I was really young. I, I don't remember him at all, but I remember the stories that were told and of just the man of, um, of who he was. And, you know, like you said, how he just stepped in, um, filled that, filled that void and was such a incredible person to, um, my brother who, you know, helped shape him to be the man that he was. Um, so yeah, for that, you know, I, I didn't know your father, um, personally, um, I guess we'd met when I, before I could remember, but, um, you know, an exceptional, an exceptional human. And, um, yeah, so I mean, that's awesome. And, and hearing it from your perspective is, is definitely something, um, that I was looking forward to hearing as well. Yeah. I, I just, I, as you said, I, I do think without making it too self-serving and, serving of my own dad. I, I do think that my dad had who Matt eventually became. And nobody knew at that time, he was just a little boy who had just lost his father and was going through tremendous heartache and probably wondering why his world had been turned on its head. But I know that that my dad put a lot of time and love, my mom put a lot of time and love into helping wherever they could. And then to fast forward and see, you know, what Matt became, whether it was a linebacker, a football player at Lafayette or in the Naval Academy or a boxer, which my dad loved boxing or, you know, what he did in the Marine Corps. I mean, on and on and on. And, uh, you know, then signing up to be a firefighter. It just was a it was a life of service. And, and I think that 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 probably was instilled in Matt in a lot of different ways. It wasn't just my dad, but, but my dad was there as, as somebody to serve Matt. Uh, even when my dad was not a young guy at that time, he was, he was an older man and, uh, but, but knew that it was something that he needed to do and wanted to do. And, and my dad was big into 
uh, being a servant in many different ways. And, and I saw uh, that as a kid and, and consequently so did Matt. And, and it became part of who I am and it became part of who Matt was. Absolutely. Most definitely. And, um, you know, just hearing the way that you talk about your father and hearing the way that other people speak about him, my, my mother, my parents included, I think that that is definitely safe to say, you know, that the Jack Buck and, and, and Carol, your mom played an incredible part in Matt's life. And, you know, one that it is, it's unfortunate because um, like you said, he was a protector. He was a server. He served others his whole life. Um, but, you know, he never really looked inwards um, to, to kind of serve himself um, and, and get his own yeah. things and, and, and get his own, um, you know, mental health struggles figured out. So, and it's, it's interesting to see that develop in a person as you know, someone who lays their life and their puts everyone else above themselves, but forgetting the importance of, you know, keeping your own um, mental health strong as well. Yeah. I think it, it's the age old example of the giving tree and in, in a book that we all had read to us when we were little. And then when I became a young father, it was a book that I read to my daughters Um and it's something that I'll read to my sons who are now three years old and, uh, and twin boys. I, I just think it's, it's, it is a great story about this tree that serves these different roles over time for this young boy who becomes a young man, who becomes a, uh, an older adult, who becomes an old man. And there's just nothing left. And, and, and that's kind of how I feel about Matt in some ways that's that's how I felt about my dad who was dealing with Parkinson's and diabetes and all these different ailments and yet the day of lung cancer in the end which is what ended up killing him but the night before he went into the hospital and and basically his last night on earth outside of the walls of Barnes Hospital with a one or two day exception he did a banquet and knew you know he did a banquet Missouri Athletic Club and left downtown St. Louis and drove to Barnes Hospital and that was it. And it was kind of a, a heartbreaking way for my dad's life to end, but also a fitting way because there was just no end to what he would do to help and, and just kind of say, yeah, I'll do it. And, and I feel like that's how Matt was. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that that, that living example that Matt saw uh, through being around my father sunk in. Now, there were a lot of other influences in Matt. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, of he has course, this yeah. wonderful mom, and, uh, you know, friends and family and all that. But but there was a little piece of, of that uh, soup that became uh, Matt Brewer that my dad was throwing some spice into and saying, here, this is how you serve people. And, and I, I do think that sunk in. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just drawing the kind of the parallels between you know, their lives. Um, and this, this was talked about in, um, in the funeral and we, we'll go at that in, in a little bit, but, um, you know, your father brought Matt to the fire station in St. Louis, um, when they were younger. So, um, my, I remember my mother telling me this story after Matt passed and, um, he wrote down in his, in his journal or when he went to in school, I think it was, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade. He wrote down I'm, when I grow up one day, I'm going to be a firefighter because of the trip that your dad took him on. Um, and then, you know, fast forwarding, talking about your dad and, and a banquet and serving people right before he died. That's what Matt ended up doing. You know, he went to the military um, and he got out to try to, I think, um, and I'll be able to talk to him about this someday, but, 
you know, I think to, to find a more normal life in the real normal world, but he had to serve people. He had to help others. So right before his passing, you know, he, he was accepted to be a firefighter in Kansas city. So just drawing the two parallels and talk about someone who really changed his life. I mean, he did a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I, that, that is, you know, you want to talk about the funeral. I just sat there in tears. I sat there in awe and, and of, of the stories and, and getting to know Matt more, even through the stories that you told the stories that your mom told, uh, right on down the line and, and going, Oh my God, this little boy that, you know, I think when I think of Matt Brewer, I think of a little boy and um, you know, just like you, you think of anybody's kid and, and all of a sudden they show up one day at a Christmas party and the kid is not a kid anymore. The kid's, you know, 25 and getting married or something's like, like, I'll, I'll think of you as like this little boy. So now I, I have this mental picture of this young, beautiful Matt Brewer and then hearing the stories uh, at the funeral of, of what he made of his life. I mean, he packed a, light, a full lifetime's worth of activity into a very short window of time. And um, yeah, I, I, there are a lot of parallels between my dad and your brother. And um, I just know that my dad would have been, I'm sure is, so proud of, of whom Matt became and what he made of himself and the opportunities he took and the advantage of the opportunities, but then making his own. And that was kind of how my dad, you know, lived his life. It's one thing to get a chance. It's another thing to, to take that chance and then make it into something big and, and something impactful. And that's exactly what Matt did. So again, the, the parallels between the two are, are evident. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just, talking on that and in the behalf and I guess that funeral is, is really I didn't know it at the time because I you know I was I was obviously all very new and and raw but I mean it was the first time I think where I took it upon myself to not only share his legacy um, but I mean you, you were there and it wasn't a funeral that just talked about what Matt did good in his life it was a funeral that addressed the deepest darkest part of his, his life which was the end um, and you know I didn't when I talked about depression and someone who you know looks like you said the way he was described in his in his funeral as this guy who had done so much in 30 years and who had so much to look forward to um someone like that who many people look view as as a superhero as unbreakable was um and so yeah that was i mean just and, and that's an example too i mean you see this this superhero this larger than life figure and then you realize that when he went home at night he was dealing with things and, you know, we all hold people like that up. Same with my dad, same with anybody. They all have things that they're dealing with and nobody really knows the depth of that um, until somebody either, you know, talks about it, seeks help, um, you know, has, has, uh, has the willingness to, be vulnerable and say, I know you see one thing, but here's how I really feel inside. That's hard to do. And it's hard for these, you know, these studly type people to say, I'm not perfect. And I'm, I'm weak here and I need help. And I need, these are people that never ask for help. These are people that get help asked of them. And that's, I think the bigger part of this, that's the, 
that it's okay to talk about being fragile. It's okay to talk. I mean, I haven't done one eightieth of the things that Matt did, but I'm very open about talking about going through divorce, going through depression, getting on antidepressants, talking to a psychologist, talking to a psychiatrist, and trying to open myself up to people that can give me a fresh way to look at things and can say, hey, you know, let's let's step back and look at the bigger picture here. And that's, I think, what you're trying to do without me putting words, you know, assigned to your mission. You can do I think that. you're trying. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're trying to say these are larger than life people, people who are people like me and you, and they're not perfect. And and it's okay to nobody's perfect. Um, there's only one. And and you know, I I think it's okay to show vulnerability. And if you can show vulnerability, um. I, I think that's in some ways one of the most heroic things you can do that you can say, I need help. And I don't care what you do for life. I don't care what you've done. It doesn't matter what the reason is for your uh, struggle. Just the, just saying, Hey, I need help is, is, is a heroic thing in and of itself. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself and to just, I guess piggyback off what you were saying. I mean, that's absolutely our goal. And the, and the purpose of, of this podcast, this interviews is to get people who are um, larger than life. And some people think, you know, these badass veterans, you know, these huge football players who everyone thinks that have, they have everything going for them. No one does. And everyone has those issues. And that's why it needs to be talked about and it needs to be in the light because there's not one person on this earth who doesn't deal with shit in some sort of, in some sort of capacity. Everyone does. Every person. Yeah, and I've never understood that. I've never understood why if somebody has uh, something as severe as a broken arm, you put a cast on it. If somebody has um, something internal, cancer, whatever it may be, you go, you go through whatever treatment you can find. You go through chemotherapy. You go through radiation. If somebody has mental health, it's almost like this thing like, oh, don't talk about that. Oh, don't talk about, you know, needing uh, guidance, be it from a clinical psychologist, spiritual, whatever it may be, whatever makes you whole again. But it's, it's always been just confounding to me that somehow that's a sign of weakness. I, I think the message has to be that is a sign of strength to admit publicly that you need assistance, whether it's a cast for a broken arm, radiation or chemotherapy or mental health assistance, that that's the right thing to do. And there should be no stigma attached to that, especially for people who give and give and give and give and they're that giving tree and all that's left is a stump the beauty of mental health assistance and <clears throat> and the awareness of it and the uh the admittance of needing some assistance is that unlike the giving tree you can start to build that stump back into a tree again absolutely and and, and that's the difference between that book by shell silverstein and what 
life can provide and help can provide is all of a sudden that stump gets a little bit taller and then it gets a little bit taller than that. And then the branches start to grow back out and then the leaves start to come out again. And maybe it's somebody back from, uh, from being overseas and, and, and seeing things that, that the rest of us would never want to see. And, and they can't get that out of their head. And they want to talk about it with people who also have done uh, similar tours uh, or have seen similar things. And then all of a sudden that you start to stand a little bit taller, if not in reality, at least internally, you start standing taller and then you start building yourself back up. So, you know, what you're doing, what you're saying, I, I think we all, everybody needs a dose of this and, and nobody's living a perfect life. So getting off that kind of narcissistic trail to be harsh about it and saying, I need somebody to talk to is the best thing anybody can do for themselves, whether they've been in battle or they've been just living life in the Midwest. It doesn't matter. And, and we all need it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love the point, you know, you said there's, there's nothing stronger a man can do um, than to talk about his mental health, because there's people relying on you and you know, there's people that look up to you. There's people that you have to support and there's people that love you. And in, and in Matt's case, I wish that he knew that. Um, and I think that he knows that now, or I know that he knows that now. Um, so there's nothing. I, I always think this brand for anybody that takes their own life. And, and there are, you know, that that's what we're dealing with here with Matt. There are, and, and I've been to plenty of funerals, unfortunately, where, where that's the case. And you sit there and you go, if they could have just fast forwarded to this part to see how many people they've touched, to see how revered they are, to see. So that's a lesson for the rest of us too, is to let somebody know how much they're appreciated when they are appreciated. It's not just on them. It's on us to say, it's a, it's, sometimes it's on somebody else to put a hand on a shoulder and say, hey, are you doing okay? You know, hey, and, and, and that's not signing any, it has nothing to do with Matt's specific case. I'm just talking generally. Yeah. That's, 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 that's on the rest of us to go, hey, well, well I see Joe, you're struggling I'll, here. Joe, I'll be honest. Like, I mean, talk about vulnerable. Like, and what I, so what I've said and, and what I've told my mom since, be, since the beginning, you know, the devil will try to put thoughts in your head. I could have done this. I could have done that. But the reality is there's nothing that would have changed that circumstance in that particular circumstance. So with that, but that, with that being said, you know, and the whole mental health stigma, there was times where, you know, I mean, I didn't know the severity of Matt's case, but there's times where I knew something was wrong, but because of how uncomfortable at the time I felt talking about mental health and bringing up these things that I, I, I wouldn't ask it, but now because of, of what happened, that will never happen again. I, and you can ask any of my friends or anyone else. I'm always, you know, you don't, you see, you see mom. Like, no, I'm okay. No, you're not okay. You know, tell me about what's going on and to get that. So I won't put his, I, I won't tell you my friend's name, but you know, he was, he was struggling um, with the relationship that he had in his life. And um, we got to talking and I, and I was like, dude, like I've been through that. I've had those exact same experiences. Like, this is what I did. This is what, you, this is resource you can go and look at. And because of what happened to my brother now, because my life has been changed so much now, I will never let an opportunity like that pass again to pat someone on the back. I, I look, I, I, I think at the times that I saw Matt 
recently and I think I, I knew something was off. That wasn't Matt Brewer. That wasn't that wasn't the kid that I saw. And I know that, that came and went. And 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 so you cannot play that game. You cannot play that. That doesn't work. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't. Absolutely not. Yeah. All you do is all you do is learn from it. And and again, there's Matt being an example for the rest of us in you know in this heartbreaking fashion. But but yet you know, like you said, you reach out to people. I it's why it's why a psychologist and a psychiatrist both told me when I was going through divorce and in the depths of as, as depressed as I've ever been worrying about my kids and the, the age old line is just like they say on an airplane, when the cabin loses pressure, the air mass drop down, put yours on first and then assist your kids, assist the kids around you. You have to make yourself as strong as you can be for those around you. And that includes mental health. That's not just physical strong. That, that is get yourself to the best possible place mentally. Talk about it. When, when I go and talk to a therapist, I walk out of that, that office and I feel 10 pounds lighter. Yep. The, music, the music sounds better in my car. The windows rolled down and the air on my face feels better than it did with me driving there. The phone conversations I have uh, on Bluetooth uh, for safety's sake, are, are more fulfilling. Uh, I, I come back in a better mood. There is a lightness that happens when you talk about what's bothering you. So, yes, it's on those around us to say, hey, are you doing okay? Sure, that, that's, that's, that's a given. But it's also on you. If you're struggling, you have to reach out and say, I need help. And that has to come, as we've said, uh, already a number of times on this podcast that has to come with no no stigma that has to come with uh an initiative to say uh, you know i need help and and that should be a sign of strength not weakness absolutely absolutely joe and you know as we begin to build up others and and create a platform for people to feel more comfortable you know that's going to raise and the whole purpose of this is to raise awareness to raise funding so that there's, there's more things for people to go and seek help for, you know, there's, there's case, there's examples, which is already plenty out there, but you know, there's people that other people know that have gotten help that have, that have gotten fixed. And, um, you know, that's, that's my life's mission is to help, um, you know, this, this nation's not only this nation's veterans and the people we talked about earlier, you know, those, those, those big badass dudes, but, you know, just like you said, an ordinary kid from Midwest who needs to hear this message. And, um, you know, I struggle with, with mental health. Joe Buck struggles with mental health. He struggles with mental health. She's so everyone struggles. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, that's the message that we're putting out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see more people get help and for more people to, although it's uncomfortable right now to, um, like you said, pat someone on the back, ask if they're okay, get to those, get to those deeper questions. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's, a, that's well said because I, I think really connecting with somebody it's, it's kind of a lost art. I think with everybody buried in their phones, you know, we're all coming out of a pandemic where everybody was, you know, just isolated and, and yep. on their own, which was another factor in what happened with Matt specifically. Yep. But asking questions, not just, hey, how you doing? 
You know, it's like, how are you doing? And really listen to the answer and listen yep. to the words that are said and listen to how they're said and, and really go to the next level. It's not just, hey, what's up? You know, it's, it's hey, how are you? Not, it, it, it can even come with a different inflection. It doesn't have yep. within your voice. It's not, hey, man, how you doing? You know, that, that elicits a different response than, hey, what's up? You know, hey, what's up gets a, hey, not much, just hanging out, doing my thing. But if you say, hey, how are you? I, that, at least to me, if I heard somebody say that, I'd say, I'm doing good, or I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm worried about this, or I'm, I'm yeah. worried about this. And it's not in a public setting. It's not at a party, like, you know, hey, what's yeah. up? But, but it's just in a quiet time where you reach across from outside the little dome of your phone and you know, we're all just so isolated, even before the pandemic, of just in your own world of looking down and using your thumbs and texting and not talking. And, you know, you're on an elevator. And when I was a kid, you know, you'd have to kind of look at people as you got into the elevator, people's yeah. heads were up. Now you get on an elevator, everybody's heads down. You have no idea who's getting on the elevator, who's getting off. You didn't make any contact with anybody. And, and so I would say, Make it a point to make eye contact with people, not just your best friends, but make eye contact with people and, and let them know you're in the world with them. Hi there. How are you? And I, I try like, like crazy to make sure that I am not head buried because it's really easy to just kind of get off into your own world. And, and that just that can't be anymore. I, I think we really need to make an effort collectively to put our heads up and and acknowledge other people that are in the world, not just your friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even with, and with the pandemic and even those a year, I mean, that changed culture forever. <clears throat> and um, you know, like you said, is someone, how are you? Someone says, Oh, I'm all right. Is it, okay. Let's look deeper into that. You know, yeah. why aren't you good today? Like, why are you just all right? Well, and then that leads to a conversation, you know, that could end up saving someone's life. And that's the whole purpose of this. And, you know, I've, I've always said, if, if this helps, save one person's life, the 38 challenge and us talking and it's all worth it. Um, and it's I a real thing. It's not just lip service. It's a real thing. And, and that's what, is. and, and it, for some reason, when you hear mental health, the automatic jump is, Oh, well, I'm not crazy. Well, I'm now it's, it's about how at peace are you and how well are you processing what's happening in your life because we've all got stuff. I don't care who it is. I did a show for direct TV called undeniable. And I sat across from Derek Jeter and Michael Phelps and Wayne Gretzky and right on down the line, everybody has dealt with self doubt. Everybody has dealt with a moment <clears throat> where they thought all that they had built up was going to go down the drain. Everybody has dealt with whether it's substance abuse in the case of Michael Phelps and going through rehab and being just brought down to, you know, forget the gold medals, the gold medal at the end of the day, the gold medals don't mean anything. At the end of the day, it's, it's about how are you doing and how are you, uh, how are you hopefully thriving in the world? And if not, how can you better thrive in the world and, and feel better about yourself. And these people are at the top of their profession and adored and, you know, multimillionaires and, and none of that matters when it all goes south. And, and a lot of times to the outside world, 
it's not going south, but in here, in your mind, it is. And that's when you have to reach out and say, I need to talk to somebody, whether it's your buddy or it's a, a clinically trained professional. And, and that's, I think, what needs to happen. It has to go from just a casual conversation to a conversation with a really good person who can help navigate somebody through a really dark time. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said better myself. And I love the example of, of the airplane and, and putting your mask on first, because at the end of the day, you know, and the whole, the whole point of this is if you don't get help, if you don't help save yourself and build yourself up, then you can't, you can't help others. And it's just going to end up um, affecting others in a negative way. Yeah. Uh, Case in point that, you know, heartbreaking funeral and listening to you talk about your brother, listening to your mom talk about her son. And, you know, that's, that's the lasting impression I have, like not what could I have done, but just the overall, it didn't have to get here. And, and if, if, if there's awareness there, and if, as you said, Brant, and I think so well, if all of these efforts by you leads to one person getting help and avoiding sitting in that church the way that we all sat in that church for Matt, then it's all worth it. And, and I, 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 could not, uh, I couldn't say it better myself, and, and I couldn't be more proud of what you're doing because one person's life is, is worth so much and uh, so good for you that you're picking up the baton and, and kind of carrying it on for old number 38 there over your right shoulder. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what your calling is, and, and uh, I know you idolized your brother, and you continue to. Uh, in the best possible way and, and carry on that legacy of, of reaching out and helping people, which he did to no end. Absolutely. And yeah, and it's, I feel in, incredibly um, fortunate, which, you know, not a lot of people would think in this circumstance, but to be able to, to help build others up um, and, and God has given me the strength. And like you said, the, the purpose to continue to do that. And, um, you know, although Matt is, I mean, I, I, have a dog tag tattooed on my back. I did that when he was alive. Um, so, I mean, I, I, and it's, it's a, it's on a crown of thorns next to a cross. And I would always joke, he's like, dude, you can't put me up there next to God. And I said, that's, <laughs> so that's fair. That's a good point. But you know, I, that's how much I, I loved him and looked up to him and, and still do, but it's not just about him. And it's, um, it's about, it's about others. And it's about, like you said, saving that one person's life. So um, yeah. So, I mean, Joe, I, this was amazing. Um, thank you so much for, for talking to us today. I mean, uh, just thank you for, for being vulnerable and, and continuing to do so. I'm so excited to, to help, help save some lives with you. And, um, you know, if you want, why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, your podcast daddy issues before I let you go. Well, I mean, it kind of speaks to everything we're talking about. You know, I, I do it with Oliver Hudson. <clears throat> His mom is, excuse me. <clears throat> His mom is Goldie Hawn, who, you know, you're a young guy, so you don't, but I'm old enough to know how big of a deal she was and is in Hollywood. His stepdad is Kurt Russell. His sister is Kate Hudson. His brother's Wyatt Russell. He's got a lot of people around him with a lot of success. And yet here he is kind of hoping and, and to make his career what he always wanted it to be. And so he also had a father who left him when he was under 10 years old. And he had Kurt Russell step into the void of, of kind of this missing father figure. And, and what I like about it is we've talked to, you know, 
Eddie Vedder and Adam Sandler and David Spade and Jason Bateman and Matthew McConaughey. And you realize, again, just like that show I talked about uh, on the direct TV, everybody's got stuff that they deal with and everybody's got a dad story. You know, my daddy issues are all born out of great stuff. I, I just have this tremendous example to try to live up to that my dad set out there for me. Oliver's situation is a lot different than mine, but we all have a dad somewhere. And and everybody's story is varied on on how they look back on their childhood and what they got from their dad. And, and then consequently, what it's like to be a dad in 2021. And I've got 25 and 22-year-old daughters and three-year-old twin boys. Oliver's got two boys and a girl kind of right in the middle of all that. And it's like, how are you navigating the the things that, that your oldest boy is now being confronted with in the case of Oliver, or I've kind of been there, done that. And now my girls are in the next chapter for guys, little boys. And what are they going to be facing when they're five, six, 10, 12, 15 years old? And, and so there's plenty to talk about. It's been really a, a rewarding experience for me. And again, another reminder that everybody's got stuff that they're dealing with. And I think that's kind of the, the message that you and I are both sending out there. No matter what you've accomplished, no matter what you've done, no matter how much money you have or how much fame you have or how many medals you have on your chest, we're all vulnerable. We're all going through things every day. And, and that's kind of what the podcast is about. Um, and, and that's really what it boils down to with this podcast as well. So it, it kind of fits into what I talk about every week when I'm on with Oliver and, and a guest. And so it, it's a real thing. This is not just something to talk about on a podcast. It's a real thing. And, uh, and so I'm glad I'm proud that you're doing this brand. Absolutely. And you know, when I'm, when I'm as big as uh Matthew McConaughey one day, maybe I'll, I'll get, there you go. I'll get these kind of show. I mean, he's a beauty. He was sitting there with his hair slicked back and these crazy looking glasses on, and he's got, philosophy and theories on everything in life but for for all the bluster and kind of all the the cutesy folksy stuff that he does he's got a great message and he's got you know it 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 has to start with you whether it's about the political situation in this country it's about mental health in this country it's whatever it is race relations in this country it has to start with you you can't just keep throwing rocks and going i'm you know this stinks, this stinks, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. It has to start with you. And, and once it does, everybody, if it starts with you and everybody and really listening to somebody, which nobody does anymore, um, then, then I think good things can happen. And, that, and that's really what, what that conversation and what he's all about now. I mean, he's going to run for governor of Texas, and I think he's got even bigger dreams than that. So who knows? Uh, hey, I'm, in Texas. I'm in Texas now. I'll vote for him. Hey, there you go. Well, I, he's got a message. And I said to him, you know, you have to really hope that people listen to what you're saying, because the typical political rhetoric, there hasn't been a lot of room for it starts with you. And he's not really big into, you know, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Are you a, are you a, a right wing radical? Are you, a, you know, liberal uh you know radical it's it's more about living in the middle and and that's kind of his message so he's gonna have to hope that people really listen but i, I think you know he's he's got half of it down he knows how to communicate and uh I, I, I think he'll do well 
Yeah, it looks great. I guess I'll vote for him. All right, good. Uh, yeah. I'll tell him. Awesome, awesome. All right, Joe. Well, yeah, just that last point, you know, people listening, I really hope people take the time to listen to this conversation today because, I mean, there's some some wonderful things we talked about. And, um, you know, it's just getting, getting to say that one person, I'm excited to do this with you. So I really appreciate your time today, Joe. And, uh, you know, this this won't be the last conversation we have. So take care and enjoy Mexico. Go soak in those those suns and listen to those yeah, yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, just like I said, my dad would be and is proud of Matt. I know uh, he would feel the same and does about what you're doing. So for Willie B uh, from my dad, uh, good for you. And uh, you're making everybody in your little close circle uh, very proud, carrying the banner for 38 forward and um, and and having conversations that are sometimes tough to have and very emotional uh, for you personally, but you're making a big difference. So congratulations. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. All right, Brant, be well. All right, brother. Take care. You too. Bye. Yeah.